And we're going to start right in the beginning of Job, Job chapter 1. This is probably some of the really, if you want to learn about God, Job is a good book to look at. People don't think so, but it really teaches you something about God. And it teaches you something about your hard times. Anybody have a bad week? Nobody? (laughs) Okay. Now, when God... um, Let me get the right page here. One thing you're going to learn in Job... Basically, all problems come from God. I want you to think about that for a minute because we think a lot of times that uh, if we're living right, everything's going to be right. Um, We don't realize that God has set up things in our life and we will never maybe know Job never found out what was wrong. Um, We know what was wrong, but Job didn't. And he faced a terrible trial. And so what the book is about, it's about what our God is like and how to handle the tragedies in life. Who Who allows trials? God. They don't surprise him. He knows exactly what's going to go on. He knows exactly what you can handle. So if you're facing a trial, you can't say, this is too much. God knows everything about us. The Bible says that He watches us every day. He sees us. He watches us through the day. He watches us through the night. We're never out of His sight or His concern. So the first thing about Job we're going to learn is God allows trials. And uh, you have to be really good person, close to God, to get what Job got. Because here's how he starts it out. And let's go to verse 8. Satan and the angels came to God. And uh, the Lord said to Satan in verse 8, Have you considered my servant Job? So Job is serving God. He's doing the right things. He's doing everything he's supposed to. And you're going to find out people think sometimes when you have a lot of trouble, you must have done something wrong. Job's three friends that came and talked to him, that was their main point. Job, you sinned, therefore this happened. And uh, Job spent the rest, of his, the rest of his book defending himself that he didn't sin and, and he shouldn't have gone there. That got him a big lecture from God after it was over. He shouldn't have said anything to his friends. He should have just, hey, let it go. But the trial was allowed by God. So he says to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth. If he was to say that today, you would be one out of eight billion. Now, this guy here was doing everything God loved and everything God wanted. So he says, there's none like him, blameless and upright, 
fears God, and turns away from evil. So Satan responds, of course he does. Why shouldn't he? Because you put a hedge around him. You've given him everything. I mean, wouldn't you love God? Don't you always tell God you love him when everything turns out good? Do you say, God, I love you when things turn out bad? Well, everybody thinks God's great when everything's going good. That's, that's logical. So Satan says to him, in verse 11 and 12, Stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went from the presence of the Lord. So who's in charge? It's not Satan. God allowed him to test him within certain limits and certain things he couldn't do. So God allowed it. God could have just said, well, I'm not going to let you do anything. I'm going to keep the hedge. But he didn't do that because he trusted his man with what was going to happen. Now in chapter 2, we're going to see the same thing again. Satan's going to come back after he's done the test. He's going to come back again for another one. So in chapter 2, verse 3, the Lord says to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth. This is after he's been tested four times in one day. A blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. He still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. So God says, he went through your trial, he didn't turn. So Satan, he's, he, he knows humans, he knows what we're like. We can lose everything. We can, you can have it all gone. But if you come down with a terrible disease, for some most people that's worse than losing everything else. If you have to sit in pain like Job did and scrape himself with a piece of pottery from the sole of his foot to the top of his head, you would probably think, maybe God, I, I don't, you know, I don't mind you taking my kids and my money, my this, that, that. This is getting a little hard. So Satan answered the Lord and said, "Skin for skin, all that a man has, he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse you to your face." The Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand. Only spare his life. Trials are guided by God. He can let it only go so far and he will hinder. I don't care who wants to do what to you. God will only allow what he wants done. Now, we don't know the reasons most of us go through trials. You can guess it's because of this, but you don't know. Job didn't know, and he never, through the end of this book, God never told him. But Job had to face it. Satan wanted to prove that he could make this man turn against God. And that's all Satan wants. He wants that for you. When, when a trial comes into your life, something hard, he wants you to blame God. It's like one night, I got a call at midnight. A uh, guy, uh, fisherman, was. Came to church that was coming to church in Washington where we lived. 
And uh, he was out there fishing in the river, and he wasn't catching anything, and he, he started cursing God. Come on, dude, you're only fishing. So he calls me up and goes, Pastor Jim, watch. Midnight, I'm in bed. He goes, I just cursed God. Am I going to hell? <laughs> well, maybe not yet. But what was his problem? He couldn't catch any fish and the water was rough. And it's like, why would you get that mad at God? Fishing's not that important. You're just making money. What's going to happen to something really bad? So Satan wanted him. God says, okay, give him an easy one. And he couldn't handle it. But Job didn't. Job took something that I, most of us, I think, would have collapsed under. Before God brings a trial in your life, you have to realize one thing. He knows who you are. He knows what you can take. He knows your limits. He knows how far you can go. He knows everything about you. This is why he told Satan, you can do this, but not that. You can do this, but not that. Because he knew all about Job. In verse 1 through 5, God says this about this man. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, who feared God and turned away from evil. He knew that was the person he was going to allow to be tested. You might see somebody go through a terrible test and never face that because God knows you cannot deal with it. Remember when Peter was going to deny the Lord? What did Jesus say? I prayed for you, Peter. And what did he say? Your faith will not fail. You're going to deny me. You're going to fail that part. But the thing that's important, you'll still trust me. You're still going to be mine. So God knew his response to the test. He was going to deny the Lord three times. But that wasn't the problem that God was interested in. He knew his man Peter. He knew what he would do. And God praying for him. He's not take care of it. So Job was the man that God looked at. Now he was a rich man. He had 7,000 sheep. I don't find that too amazing. Now the 3,000 camels... That seems to be, that's a lot of camels, 3,000 camels. I mean, 7,000 sheep, there's a lot of people with more sheep than that. I don't know anybody who's ever got, who would even want 3,000 camels, but he had them. And he had 500 yoke of oxen, not one with two oxen. He had 500 yoke of oxen. And he had 500 female donkeys. We, they didn't count the male donkeys for some reason, but they had 500 so the guy was rich. He was the richest man on the east. Very many servants. So that this man was the greatest of all people of the east. His sons used to go and hold a feast at their house. Of each one on his day would be his birthday. And they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And when the days of the feast had run their course. Job would send and consecrate them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It might be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Job was a praying man. He prayed for his, for his children. When they would go out and party together, he would go to God and, and uh, make an offering 
just in case they turned against God. That was Job, and God knew his man. He knew everything about him. He knew how many animals he had. He knew he, knew he was a praying man. So whatever you have or don't have, or whoever you are, God knows. And you're not all the same. Some of you might have a prayer list this long. Some of you might have a prayer list this long. God knows. Does it matter whether it's long or short? Actually, no. It only matters that you pray with a heart. Because you can pray for hours with no heart in what you're saying. Or you can pray for five minutes. I uh, was helping a lady this week. She's, I think, close to 90. Drive by her house. She lives in our trailer park. And uh, she was um, raking up um, pine needles under her trees. She's got a big lot. She's got a double lot. She's just moved there. So she's raking them up, and I'm looking at her and going, yeah, that's too much. And she had them all. She had her... Uh, needle, the pine needles all in rows. She made windrows of them. A lot of windrows of them. So I stopped my truck and I asked, can I help you? Can I, let, me, let me take these, pick these up for you and I'll haul them off. I should have known what I got into. I filled my pickup truck, which used to be Mike's pickup truck. I filled it up twice. Front to back to the top of the rail, a little over the rail on the pickup truck. My first load took me, at 96 degree weather, took me 45 minutes to fill that truck. The next one took me longer, which was a couple of days later, because I had to empty it. And we're ta- I'm ta- trying to talk to her. She's deaf, basically, and can't hardly speak. So she's giving me a little, and she said, I prayed to God that somebody would come and help me. I was her answer to prayer. And then so I asked her what church she went to, and she went to one on the other side of town. And uh, But she prayed. And I'll tell you what, she probably paid seriously. Because you know how she was going to get rid of two truckloads of this pine needles? She says, I got these little red plastic bags and I fill the bags up and then I put them in a the garbage can. We're talking, I think I put out uh, 20 by 400 square feet I covered. So two truckloads is 800 square feet. And she was going to stick it in little baggies and stick it. And she'd have been doing that clear into next year sometime. So I can understand why she's praying for help. And not only was she getting the needles, she was picking up all the little rocks and stacking them in piles. And I tell you what, she had a pile, if I would lay this on the side, about the size of this pulpit of little rocks. At her age, at 90 degree weather, she's, I mean, I can understand her. And I tell you what, her prayer was serious. Otherwise, I probably knew it would have stopped. <laughs> God says, Jim, go help her. So, if she'd have just said, oh, Lord, I'd like to have somebody come by, the odds it wouldn't have happened. God answers serious prayers. Praying that gets answers is praying that you really want, you really need, and you really go for it. It's not just, hey, be kind of nice, God. Kind of nice doesn't really set with God. He wants it serious. So Job was serious. Maybe my children sinned and cursed God, so... 
I'm off on a sacrifice. Every time they have one of their days, it's about one a month, there's ten kids. So, this was the man that God knew. God knows you just as well as he knows this guy. In verse 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God, and then we go into the story of, of um, God setting up Job so he could be tested. Now let's take a look at Job's trials. Chapter 1, verse 13. There's a very key phrase here you want to remember. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. And there came a messenger to Job and said, now he's not going to talk about the sons and daughters yet. Before he gets to the sons and daughters on the same day, here's the first thing that's happened. Let's let's say it's 9 a.m. in the morning. There came a messenger to Job and said, The oxen, oxen were plowing, the donkeys were feeding beside them, the Sabians fell upon them, took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. That, uh, Job could have done without the news, but he got the news. This one escaped. Now, get this. While he was yet speaking... 9.05, there came another one. And he said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep, the servants, and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. It's 9.05. While he was still speaking, now it's 9.10. There came another and said, The Chaldeans formed three groups, made a raid on the camels. 3,000 of them. And they took him and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was speaking, 9.15, he hears this. Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young people and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. I don't know if you can grasp that. Four deadly trials. All in a few minutes' time, you heard everything you owned, everything you loved, everything you had is gone. It would be one thing when you face one trial. But when you're facing multiple trials, I mean, Satan didn't just go, well, it's Monday, I think I'll, I'll take his camels. I think I'll wait a week and I think I'll take his sheep. On one day, he devastated this man. Everything he'd worked for, everything he had, everything he cared about. This was his trial. Now, His second trial is going to be a little different because it's only going to be one thing. And uh, he's going to receive some boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And uh, I want to think first of all about the first trial. I want you to think of one trial you've had that's very hard. One. Maybe one in a year. Maybe one in five years. Maybe one in ten. Just one. 
How did you handle your one trial? I want you to picture four trials in increasing pain and think about this is what this guy took. It wasn't just I have one bad day. Everything I've got is destroyed. And I just heard about it in a 15-minute period. What am I supposed to do with that? Multiple trials at once. See, God knew this man. You think about it. God knew that he said to Satan, pick this guy. Because this guy can deal with it. Because God knows his person, his people. So, when you have a trial, don't get panicky. Don't get really upset because God knows you can handle it. God knows you can deal with it. And if, like Peter, you deny him, he's praying for you anyway. You're still going to get through it. It's not the end of the world. Because he's not going to give you something you can't take. He knew this man. Multiple trials at once. Um, And then trial number two. Let me, let's take a look at Job's response. What would you do to, if that happened to you? I know people that go out and get drunk. That would be the... <laughs> and deal with this. Why do you think there's a lot of homeless people? They've gone through things they can't deal with and they turn to drugs and booze to deal with it. A lot of people just think they're homeless because they, they do drugs and booze. The reality is something happened bad in their life and they can't deal with it. And that's how they deal with it. Next thing you know, you've lost your job, you've lost your family, you've lost everything. So they turned the the wrong, but Job didn't do that. Here's what Job did. On his first trial in verse 20 and 22 of chapter 1, Job arose and tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell on the ground. Okay, that's probably what you do too. Man, I can't take this. (laughs) But what did he do? He fell on the ground and worshipped. He fell on the ground and turned to God. Now I want you to understand that these trials weren't anything. They were everything to Job. Your trial's bad enough. You tear your clothes, you shave your head, and you fall on the ground. You're throwing dirt on yourself. I mean, what is this? You're emotionally really Messed up all of a sudden. But spiritually, here's what he did. Here's how he worshiped God. And he said, verse 21, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, the Lord's taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. And that's what Satan said he would do. He will curse you to your face. But he didn't do that. Job lost his finances. He lost his family. He lost everything. And all he, all he could say is, Well, when I was born I had nothing. And when I die I'll have nothing. The Lord gave me what I had. The Lord took it away. See, he understood God. Why do you have what you have or don't have what you think you should have? Because God is the one that determines that. It's like preachers. I heard three preachers one time talking. They each had a church of a thousand people. And they were asking them how that happened. 
And they said, well, one of the guys said, well, because I've been faithful. And the first thing that comes to my mind, so what are you saying about the other guys? You forgot the one thing Jesus, that the Apostle Paul said. One man sows, one man reaps. God gives the increase. You have a thousand people because God gave you a thousand people. And there ain't no other way you're going to get it because that's the only way. You have 20,000 in your church because God gave you 20,000 in your church. God decides everything. If he didn't, we would take credit for everything we do. But God decides things and sets them up. So naked I came from my mother's womb. I'm going to return the same. The Lord gave me the donkeys, the animals, my kids. He took them all away. Bless his name. Now there's a man who trusts God. You think about that. Could you do that when you lose something? Let's say one of your children. God takes your children from you. Could you just say, and one of your kids? Could you say to God, bless the name of the Lord? He lost all his kids all at once on one day. That showed his heart. He loved his God. He knew his God would never do anything wrong. He knew his God loved him, so he knew his God would do what was right. Whether we understand why is not important. It's understanding who God is. God gave you something, and he can take it away. Why? Because he's God. We seem to think that we deserve stuff. We deserve to be have everything we want, when we want it, how we want it. But God decides everything through our life. Some of us were born smart. Some of us were born not smart. Can you do anything about that? Can you uh, um, take the little ones and zeros and make a computer? Do we even understand how it works? There are people that do. God made them that way. There are people that have to fight being lazy in life. There are others that have to fight not doing things all day long. God made you different. He knows what you're like. But in all this, Job did not sin. He didn't charge God with doing wrong. So let's take, his, let's take it the second response. Second trial, Job 2, verse 8. So he's got these boils. He took a piece of broken pottery with which to scrape himself while he sat in the ashes. Here he is, scraping. Oh, man, it's itches like crazy. His back, his feet, his head, everything. That's why he shaved his head probably. <laughs> it was good to have his head shaved. It's easier to scrape off the, the stuff if you don't have any hair up there. He took the pottery, scraped himself while he sat in the ashes. So his wife comes up and says, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. Now, I want you to understand something about Job's wife. Job said, You speak like a foolish woman. Shall I receive good from God and shall I receive not, not receive evil? Well, I want you to have a little compassion right now for Job's wife. Women take things differently than men do. You might, um, all your finances might go out the window. 
as a man and you go, whatever, I'll just do something different, make more. It's your wife all of a sudden that's, that's going, you know, man, what do we do now? She's going to take that different. It's going to bother her in a different way. Her children die will be, she will hand, handle that harder than, if, than the man whose children die. Women and men don't handle things the same way. So be a little compassionate to his wife. Um, I could understand why she would do that. I could. And she, did she love Job? She saw his pain. And you know what she thought? You're better dead than alive. So curse God and get this over with. It wasn't just... She didn't do this for him, in my opinion. She did this for, for him, not her. There's a lot of people that would would uh, if they're have someone they're married to and they're suffering they pro- they probably wouldn't think twice about just letting them kill themselves because there just seems to be no end to it but job's response was different shall we receive good from god and shall we not receive evil in all this job did not sin with his lips as satan said he would we like receiving good. That's usually because we think we should get it. We, God owes us. Well, if God's going to give me good and I'm happy, then I should be man enough to take the bad He gives me. Because for whatever reason He gives me that, He loves me. He knows it's best for me. That was his response when he's scraping himself with a piece of pottery. Now, let's take a look at God's response to Job's trials. Job chapter 42, verse 10. So how did God respond after he and Job had a discussion? Because Job needed some understanding he didn't understand yet. So God let Satan do this to him. Took everything, made his life miserable. How's it going to end? Chapter 42, verse 10. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job. When he had prayed for his friends, he was told to pray for his friends that were not nice friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then all his brothers came and sisters who had known him and before, and they ate bread with him in his house, and they showed him sympathy and comforted him for his evil the Lord brought upon him. Each of them gave a piece of money and a ring of gold, and the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Now he had 14,000 sheep instead of seven. He had 6,000 camels instead of three. He had a thousand yoke of oxen instead of five hundred. He had a thousand female donkeys. But he still only had seven sons and three daughters. I don't know why he didn't have fourteen sons and six daughters, but God didn't double that. But he did one thing else, one, one thing great. And he called his first daughter, you can read her name, and his second daughter and third daughter. But here's what God gave the daughters that nobody else had. And in all the land, there were no women so beautiful as Job's daughters. He gave her three daughters. 
but they were the most beautiful women in the world. You think about that for a minute. He didn't give her six. God didn't give him six daughters. He just gave him three more. But so beautiful that you could make that statement. That's the most beautiful woman in the world. So God upgraded his daughters. But he did one other thing. And the father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. Now, in the Bible times, usually the brothers, the sons, get the inheritance. Because the women marry out of the family, so they don't get to take that inheritance with them. But Job showed more respect for his daughters than anybody else. That He gave them an inheritance along with his sons, which wasn't done in those days. So, this is what God did for this man. In verse 16, Job lived 140 years, saw his sons and daughters, his sons and sons, for four generations. And Job died an old man, full of days. Now, not everybody's trial ends like that. Sometimes God sends you through a trial and you die. So did you get nothing? No, think about it for a minute. What happens the minute you die? You've got to be with Jesus. What, what do you got to lose? You, you, you have everything. You're All of a sudden you're in heaven. Everything is great. Everything is good. You couldn't... 7,000 sheep wouldn't be, make you happy. You go to heaven and you can't be anything but happy. So even if your trial ends without a physical blessing on earth, you have the blessing of eternal life in the presence of God where the Lord says that even his name is going to be put on us. We're going to be marked by him as his. No longer will there be anything in the book of Revelation accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it. And his servants will worship him. And they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. So even if your trial ends in your death, you enter the presence of God. I would rather have the presence of God than thinking, okay, we finished this series of trials, God, are there going to be more? <laughs> you know, this guy did everything right. He's already had a second set. Um, so death isn't so bad, is it? Because you get to be with the Lord. And uh, that's the only thing that makes the trial worth it. So I want you to think through this. Maybe there's going to come a day in your life where Satan's going to come to the Lord and he's going to say about you, Hey, checked out Evelyn? Who? Evelyn Roberts. No. She won't deny me. Do whatever you want. She'll follow me to the end. Will she? My wife has been, when she was 24, she was crippled up enough with arthritis that I would have to help her get dressed at 24. She had rheumatoid arthritis, bad at that. She's now 74, 50 years later, still has it. Hands are deformed, feet are deformed, 
can't hardly walk anymore. I now have to dress her again. I have to feed her because she can't cook. She can't stand up. She barely can walk. When she gets up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, sometimes I have to help her get out of the bed and get there and back. Fifty years. A number of years after she got, came down with arthritis, she came down with um, what was the lupus, which was added another problem to her situation. How does she, she turned against God? No. Ever cursed him? No. Why? Because God knew what she could take. No more, no less. And he knew what she would do with it. They told us at one time they figured she would die before 30 or at 30. Not even close. She ain't going to die. She will someday. She will die before me because I promised her I would live longer than her. <laughs> Let's see if that's one promise I can keep. <laughs> I might die a week later, but it won't matter. She will not have to live alone. Though we have kids can take care of her. But There are people that face terrible trials. Satan thinks he knows us. Satan thinks he can defeat us. But God knows what we can take and He will not allow anything to happen that He knows we can't deal with. But we have to be like Job. The Lord gave it to me. He took it. It's His right. We have to understand our God. And Job did that. He understood God. The more you know God, the better you will handle any trial that comes your way. And the more you trust Him, you'll know, hey, I don't understand. And don't ever ask God why. He isn't going to tell you. You're just going to guess. You'll never know. The secret things belong to the Lord. Only what He reveals belongs to us. So, I want you to think about this because we're all going to face trials. We always do. And not catching fish in a boat might seem like a little thing. But to the man out on a boat, it was a big deal. Big enough deal that he was cursing God. So maybe a trial is just you can't get what you want. You just can't deal with it. You're upset with God because He won't give you your way. Back up. And don't go there. Because God knows what's best. And... uh be like Job. My God gives, my God takes. I've got nothing to fear. i got God. And when you die, you know what it's going to be like to walk into the very presence of God after defeating Satan in a trial? You get the one thing you, everybody wants. Well done. Good and faithful servant. And the longer you live, the greater the well done will be. It's better than the Bible says to be ashamed when He comes to hear the well done. So, know your God. You will have trials. and Some might be terrible. 
It's okay. God knows all about it. He knows all about you. And it's actually an honor. Job was honored out of all the people in the world to face what he faced. Because he's the only one that could have done it. So if God gives you a heavy trial and a hard trial and nobody else seems to have it as bad as you, you need to look at that as an honor that God trusted you to bear the painful thing because you would and you wouldn't curse Him. Don't you think about that. Father, we thank You, Lord, for the story of Job. None of us, Lord, can even have an idea how we would handle it. But Job knew You. He knew that everything he had was from You. Everything he didn't have was because You didn't want him to have it. He didn't worry about that stuff. Even his own life, it was painful to live through the trial. But he never turned against you or learned back to said anything bad about you. So Father, help us to be like Him. Help us to know You. Help us to realize You are God. We cannot determine our destiny of how good it's going to be or how bad it's going to be. or We can't determine what's going to happen in our life. But You know us. You love us. And You'll never test us beyond our abilities to withstand the test. So, Father, we just pray that that we would just learn about you more. See how much love you have for us that you already sent your Son to die for us. We just thank you and bless you for your kindness. And, Father, help us always to trust you. Always to, to know that whatever happens, you knew it was going to be. You knew how it was going to turn out. And you honored us before the angels of heaven of saying, you try this person. They will not turn against me. And if like, Lord, we end up like Peter who did deny you, we know that you're always praying for us no matter what. We are your children. We'll always be your children. We thank you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.